Hi, and welcome to the Conscious Connections podcast with me, your host, Katie Farrell, creating a place for mind, body, and spiritual growth for today's women through inspiration, knowledge, and conversation. Hi, and welcome to Conscious Connections with me, your host, Katie Farrell. And today I'm talking with Vicki Etherington, aka the website mentor. We'll be hearing how Vicky's passion for conservation drove her to become passionate about helping coaches and therapists to create their own websites. Not two worlds that you'd naturally place together. I first met Vicky a couple of years ago when we were both speaking at an international conference in Amsterdam, and I found her story both heartwarming and inspiring. So let's welcome Vicky to the show and let her tell us more. Welcome, Vicky. Hi, it's really nice to meet you again. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's lovely to see you and it's great to be here. Thanks, Katie. Fantastic. No problem. It's really, really good. And, and as I was just saying there in, in the introduction, um, I found your story so inspiring, what you've achieved over the years um, and where that came from as well. So, so maybe shall we start with you uh, telling our listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely an unexpected transition for me. So um, my background was corporate marketing and then I had an opportunity, I was based in London, I had an opportunity to, um, to go and spend some time in Zambia. And it was literally a chance encounter in a pub one evening. Someone needed someone to go and um, work in a very remote corner of Zambia and they were struggling to find someone that would be prepared to do it. And literally a couple of weeks later, I found myself on a plane over there. And it was the best kind of life decision I think I ever made. And um, it was very spontaneous. And But um, I don't regret not hesitating about it. It was just one of those things where your mind knows it's a bit crazy, but it was actually just your heart knew it was the right thing to do. And um, so I spent nine incredible months over there. And whilst I was there, I um, met a couple from California who were setting up a conservation organization and they were going to run programs based in the area where I was based at the time. And they asked if I would help during the rainy season if I would go over to California and help them set up their conservation and educational programs mm. and um, and so that's what I ended up doing but when I got to California um, it was a massive culture shock actually California going from a little wooden hut on the edge of a muddy river in Africa to <laughs> like, literally just being projected to this insanely fast-paced connected world um, in California was it was just a little bit of an assault on the senses but it was amazing it was great um, and we were doing incredible work but our website was our biggest frustration and it was our biggest outlay so um, all of us were volunteers so there was literally every penny that we raised was going towards anti-poaching programs and educational programs in Zambia Hmm. but we had to pay our web design agency and it was costing us a huge amount of money. So, um, so there was really nothing for it, but, but I had to learn how to do it myself. And it was, that was in 2002. So there wasn't YouTube, there was no Google. So it was a question of me just going out, buying some books and kind of pouring over code and feeling slightly terrified by the idea of tinkering with this, what to me was this amazing online resource and obviously it wasn't with the blessing of our web design agency that I was going to tinker with it so there was no fallback there was no support and um but you know a few weeks later when I felt confident enough to like make a few changes and the world didn't come crashing down and the sky <laughs> didn't fall in um 
I suddenly realized that this was a massive step for us, that we had literally just empowered ourselves in all of our online marketing. And now we were going to be able to do whatever we wanted. We could shape our website in any way that we wanted and we could become far more interactive with our um, audience. And, um, and it was a really incredibly liberating moment. And, and it, so it all started there. And then what I realized was that our PR agency then asked me to help them with their website. And then one of our board of directors, who is a wildlife artist, she asked me to help them with hers. And I was just like, guys, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, <laughs> I'm totally clueless about it. Um, but that it was the following year I came back to the UK to get married. And I realized actually there was a really big gap in the market for people helping small business owners understand their website and their online marketing. Um, because at the time, I don't know if you remember, but 2002, 2003, websites were really still a little bit of a novelty. Mm. They were all, you know, it was like those flashing tickers. I don't know if you remember, you had all those news tickers that used to run across your screen, yes. all this horrible, <laughs> distracting stuff. And, um, and so I, I really focused on building very clean, minimalistic, marketing-focused websites. And, um, and, and it was great. It was a really... For me, it was a, a fabulous business opportunity for me to be able to kind of step into that. My husband was in the military, and so it was kind of walking into or stepping into entrepreneurship was a good move from that perspective because we were going to be moving every 12 months anyway. So right, yeah. I didn't want to be applying for a new job every every time we were posted somewhere new. So, um, so yeah, so it was just kind of a natural transition, and um, it just kind of built from there, which was incredibly fortunate. and. Um, yeah, all started literally from a little wooden hut where we had no form of communication there at all. We literally, we didn't even have a, a telephone. Our, our nearest wow. phone was three hours drive away. So our only form of communication when we were out there was by a long wave radio. Um, and in fact, 9-11 happened whilst I was out in Zambia and it was three weeks before we actually really fully understood what had happened people started really? bringing magazines in for yeah and i was in california for the first anniversary of 9 11 and it was only really then that i started seeing footage of what had happened and started to fully grasp the extent of it so so, even that just, just makes you realize how when when you're talking about you know being on this conservation um park i don't know what you call it <laughs> but just it was, how, a, it was a national park yeah national park yeah and just how different those two worlds are you know, of, um, when you think of everything technological and websites, you imagine people in, you know, city centres, don't you? And um, and the, just two vastly different worlds. Um, yeah. And I suppose almost the environment we're in at the moment would lend itself to feeling similar to that in, in terms of being in a completely different world and separated from our loved ones, from other people, from our clients, whoever it might be. But at least we do have the benefit of technology these days. Whereas, as you say, even back then, you, when you say 2002, it sounds, it does to me, it sounds like yesterday. And then you think, mm, it's nearly 20 years ago. I know. <laughs> I know, I know it just kind of gives away age a bit. But um. <laughs> I know it really is. So it was actually, I was in, it was 2001 that I was in Zambia and then 2002 that I was in California. But even that... Um, I mean, really, that was just a geographical difference in terms of the connectivity. I mean, mm. where I was in Zambia, I was up near the Congolese border and um, and it really was just incredibly remote. Um, and even the phone, our nearest phone, 
was we sometimes you'd make that journey to drive three hours down to make the phone call and the lines would be down. Um, my poor mum, she didn't hear from me for four months after I arrived over there, but um, we could send mail out. So we would send mail out every time. Um, we kind of cleared a bush strip, so we would often get small aircraft flying in. And, um, and so often we would just give mail for people to post when they were going back out to somewhere more civilised. So there was a sporadic trickle of mail that used to go in and come out. But, um, but yeah, connection-wise and internet-wise, there was, there was nothing. Some of the camps near us did have satellite internet connections, but again, it was so sporadic and so expensive for them that um, it wasn't something that we were able to invest in at that time. Right, yeah, but, um, only probably in that sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a couple of things that you mentioned that were really um, close to my heart in that sense, I suppose, is that where you said the the impulse to, you know, that um, spontaneous decision to go, and it was really that difference between the head and the heart, you know, yeah. the head sort of questioning, what am I doing? And the heart just saying, it felt right, so you did it. And that really, you know, in terms of how I work with with my clients and what I believe in, that's just so interesting and the fact that you had the courage or whatever it was (laughs) that spurred you to to follow the heart yeah the funny thing was it wasn't until afterwards that I actually thought about it and thought crikey I just said yes to something I have literally have no idea what I'm going to and I was walking home from because it literally was a chance encounter in a pub I didn't know this guy at all and um I was walking home with my housemate that evening and, and I, I said to her, I'm going to leave in two weeks to go to Zambia. And she looked at me. She literally stopped me. She took hold of my shoulders and she looked at me in the eye. She went, are you crazy? She said, you have absolutely no, she said, you have a job here. What are you going to do about your job? I said, I'm going to hand in my notice tomorrow. So, and that's what I did. I, I went in, it was actually, it was during the whole kind of dot-com bubble, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember, but 2002, mm. there were loads of dot-coms popping up. And I was working for a... Um, a media streaming company at the time so we were kind of building um an online platform to i mean this is how long ago it is and when you think about how technology has moved on so at this particular point in time we were building a platform to enable people to upload video to the internet and it was massively pioneering and um and it was yeah, <laughs> it was really really techy and so um um, at the time, our second round of finance had just fallen through because broadband hadn't been rolled out. And so I knew that the company was really going to be in financial jeopardy. And so it, actually, it was quite a good opportunity for me to say to them, can I take a sabbatical? I'm going to go to Africa for at least six months. Then we can have a look and see if you've got the finance for me to come back if there's a marketing role available. So I knew that they would be perfectly OK with that because it would give them some kind of release from a financial commitment and from a marketing budget mm. that they probably didn't have at the time so um so the stars so, yes. were aligning for it to happen absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely but it's funny what you say about that you talk to your clients about um you know when your head says no you can't do it and your heart says absolutely you have to do it when i think back or if when we look back over our lives it's like that sliding door concept isn't it mm. and you think about what would your life have been if you'd made a different decision in that moment in time? And I often think that we have opportunities like that that are presented to us that we don't really give a second thought to. We just say no, because it seems completely off the wall and crazy and not even vaguely possible. 
So, so we walk away from those opportunities and we don't ever think back and think, I wonder what would have happened if I'd said yes. Yeah. And at sometimes <laughs> at moments like that, they're really pivotal moments and they can literally change the entire trajectory of your career, of your life, of your personal relationships or whatever it might be. And so I think it's really interesting to actually look back at those key moments and, and think, what if I'd made a different decision? And I can 100%, I can 100% say now, I would not be helping entrepreneurs build websites if it hadn't been for me saying yes in that pub to that guy at that particular moment in time, <laughs> even though they're completely worlds apart in terms of how they seem to be connected. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I, and I you would never have taken that step. If, if you imagine that building websites even if it had been a thing that you know on your radar you would never if you'd have consciously thought about it and let the heart uh, sorry the head rule you would never have thought that going to the remotest place you know in Africa would be the stepping stone to it would you you would never have planned that logically <laughs> no absolutely 100% yeah so it's funny how some sometimes one thing leads leads to another and I think just the way um, you were describing it when you started that you just said yes because you know it felt right and I think that is so so key you know when we're trying to find our way through things and making decisions sometimes it's those where we've not even had to think about it you know when you say it was one reflection you thought oh what have I done but in the moment yeah. following your heart was absolutely the right thing to do that you didn't even question it in the moment and yeah. I think that's you know a really important message for people to to hear really and um and take maybe some courage and inspiration from as well. Um, I think if we all look back over our own lives, it's it's those moments that have proven the, the most beneficial, the most life-changing yeah. moments, you know, yeah. that have happened. Whereas the more logical ones, you know, maybe not not so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do also think, so I'm a great believer in grasping opportunities like mm. literally stepping into those opportunities when they present themselves to you and I think that some people are just more inclined towards that because they have more of an impulsive nature than others and some people are naturally more cautious um, but I do definitely recognize that there's a real merit for also being able to say no so if someone presents an opportunity to you and um, and they are persuading you and they can be quite influential and mm. be um, trying to make it sound as though it's going to be something that's really, really beneficial for you. Sometimes our heart is saying, I don't feel like I really should, but your head is saying, okay, well, it sounds logical and it seems like something I should be doing. And he's a really nice person. And maybe, and sometimes it's really, really courageous to actually say no. And that's the, Absolutely. that's the right Absolutely. thing to do. Yeah. So I think that it swings both ways, doesn't it? That you can often walk into those opportunities but also sometimes it's really beneficial to be able to have the courage to say do you know what actually this isn't the right thing for me right now absolutely yeah and that's the key thing isn't it it's listening to your heart because our subconscious you know really knows what's best for us doesn't it and um and it is being really true to yourself listening to yourself not the the external things that are being thrown at you or that you see and um listening to that and making the right decision definitely yeah yeah, Excellent. Absolutely. So, so what are you doing these days then? Tell us a bit more about where that journey has brought you to. Gosh, well, actually, so it's quite interesting because I'm thinking there's a parallel with that in the things that I'm doing at the moment. So 
for the last, well, so for that first kind of decade when I was working, I was building websites for small business owners because it was all a bit codey and techy and geeky. And then the, the tools became more advanced and it became easier for people to be able to actually build their own websites without touching any lines of code. So at that, at that point, and that was, I think it was in 2015, I started teaching people how to create their own websites. Right. And that was a massive pivotal moment for me because it was my whole ethos has always been about empowering people. They never need to feel reliant on anybody else to do things for them. And, um, and so to actually be able to empower people to do it for, for themselves from scratch was huge. And then um, when, when it looked as though the UK was going to go into lockdown for coronavirus, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that right now, but I guess yeah, it's going to be, it? <laughs> be relevant for a while. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, I've had this idea that I would like to teach kids for some time. And now it seems like a timely moment to do it because not only do I want to give kids a good opportunity to learn a new life skill and they're going to have the time, but actually I wanted to give their parents, my audience, who are mainly entrepreneurs who work from home, some space so that their kids could be involved in a project and they would actually have some space to do their own work. Um, and that. And so that was another one of those moments where I just thought, you know, what? I'm just going to do it, see what happens, give it a go. I've got no idea if it's going to work out, but um, it was just something that came to me one day. And I, I actually, I spoke to um, my business coach about it and he was like, I think it's just a bit of a distraction. I think this is you, you know, you have your focus, you know what you should be doing. You have it all mapped out. You know what you're working on for the next 90 days. Uh, if you want to do it, then you should do it. But for me, I think it's going to be one of those things that's just a massive distraction for you. And he was right in so many ways. But at the same time, I just thought, you know, what? it just feels like the right thing to do. So I'm going to give it a go. And um, and and, you know, I'm so glad I did because it just it kind of opened a new window of this kind of tech world for me. And I, I just I never really realized how much I was going to enjoy working with kids. <laughs> so I am. Um, I kind of had this hesitation in doing it because I thought, you know, these kids are going to rather be playing on TikTok or they would rather be on their Xbox. Um, but um, I'll try and make it fun and engaging and we'll just see where it goes. And I genuinely, so I ran my first group um, the week before last and I absolutely loved it. So. And I, for one, can say that I'm one of those parents <laughs> whose children you did um, work with in that first week. And and it was fantastic. Um, you know, my son was um, just before their school closed down, which was slightly earlier, actually, than the, um, sort of nationally. We'd just had his options evening at school. So they actually start their options um, slightly earlier at his school. And he's so passionate about um, anything technical. You know, he he doesn't just play games. He will he likes things like um, Minecraft and what's the, uh, there's something else where he's actually building the game for him to be able to then play it. Um, and he's always on YouTube, which lots of people are, but he's, as well as doing it for fun, he's also learning, you know, he, he's taught himself languages and various other things just over the years he'll come out with and say, oh, that's something you've learned at school today. So no, no, I just, you know, found it on YouTube or Googled it or so. Um, so when, when I saw, because obviously I'm in um, your Facebook group and see you know what you're doing all the time and love how much content that you freely share with people um, 
which is fantastic because I like to be able to manage my own website as much as possible. I don't do it fully and I didn't you know, design it in the first place, unfortunately. But um, when I saw your advert, you know, for this budding creators program, I just thought, I'm sure that's right up Seb Street because he really wanted to be doing computer science, media studies, and hopefully, obviously, he still will be able to when we go back whenever that is. But he just got so excited about it all, having just had the options evening and, you know, looking at things that they'd be able to do. And um, embarrassing, he's a digital leader at school as well. So the head of computer science was saying um, about the various trips and things that they had to local companies, which is, you know, they're going to miss out on now. So as soon as that came up, not only is it help, did it help me as one of those parents who needed to still work with clients at home um, over Zoom and various things, but, um, you know, he absolutely loved it, both what he got from you directly in the course and seeing what the other children, well, up to 18, I think they are, aren't they, that you take yeah. on, um, you know, the ideas they were coming up with. So I'd highly recommend it for any any parent or child that's in that 11 to 18 age range that's um, interested in building their own websites. And, and you know, the range of ideas they were coming up with as well that my son was telling me about. I mean, you must have been quite impressed with with those as well. They, they, honestly, they absolutely blew me away with their creativity and their inspiration and just the ideas that they came up with. It was it was so much fun to kind of see how their creativity developed over the week. And, and also, I was just really impressed with how self-sufficient they were in terms of working independently on tasks and just getting on with it and doing it. And how committed they were because I genuinely was worried about the focus I thought is this going to be a is it going to be too complicated are they going to be a bit distracted is it going to be something that their parents have booked them onto because their parents need the time to actually <laughs> focus on their work so the kids are going to be slightly reluctant and um and it wasn't it, it was none of that and I am thinking maybe that first group I just got really lucky with that first group and they were exceptional um I've got my next group is um is running next week and actually i could have booked it four times over i've had so much interest in it um which is really exciting i'm it makes me think that i might run it during term time as well in the evenings but we'll see because at the moment obviously all the kids clubs are closed in the evenings when you know my kids would normally be really busy in the evenings doing sports and piano and all that kind of stuff um so um so yeah so i'm just but again it was one of those things where it was never on my kind of roadmap. It was never kind of on my plan to do it. And um, and just kind of taking the leap and saying, okay, well, let's just stick my toe in the water to see what happens and, um, and see how it goes. It was just, it was brilliant. It really en it's energized me around my business in a way that, you know, I've kind of, I've been doing something pretty similar for the last five years and I love doing it. But if you get a sudden, you suddenly launch something like this that, takes you by surprise in not only how successful it is from the standpoint of people being excited about it for you but also how successful it is in terms of what the kids get out of it was just um it's kind of lifted me to a new level of energy around my business again which is is exciting oh, that's brilliant yeah so yeah. yeah and so um when you're um not working with the budding creators you're working with um people like myself aren't you coaches therapists who you want to like you say empower them to have take ownership of their own websites and 
I know personally that to be able to um, update blogs, to, to make tweaks and changes here and there, you know, as you need to without having to, yes, I mean, I, I do have some support um, for mine if it's maybe from a time perspective that I don't have or um, if it's slightly more technical because um, I know you work with Divi as a theme a lot, don't you, with, yeah. within WordPress. Yeah. Um, which I love, you know, anytime I've seen seen that. And um, mine's something else. I don't know what the theme is. But, um, yeah, so if there's anything slightly more technical, I do hand that over to my VA, um, who is fantastic. But I love the fact that, um, how you say, you know, it's empowering others to be in charge of their world, you know, their website. And, again, speaking the same language, because that's, in a way, you could say, well, it's a strange business model to have because you're, each success you have with a client you've kind of done yourself out of the job but it's yeah. from everything I know about you from our conversations it's it's not what it's about is it it's about the empowering them it's not about you know trying to keep a client forever and make them beholden to you at all it's so amazing seeing how it can liberate somebody and you know being able to see where their website their life their business can go through helping them, through empowering them. That's such a key part of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I often think about it in terms of like when my, if my car starts knocking, for example, if there's something that goes wrong with my car, mm. when I take it to the garage, I've got to literally just take it to them and say, the car's knocking, I have no idea what it is. And I genuinely don't <laughs> know if that is going to cost me 60 pounds to fix it or if it's going to cost me 6,000 pounds to fix it. And I hate that feeling of mm. not knowing that and feeling like I'm completely beholden to them and they could tell me anything and I would have to just go with it. And I do think it's a little bit the same with our websites, that just even if you just have a little bit of knowledge, it does empower you to the point where you're able to talk about it in a sensible way and have a little bit of know-how as to what it's likely to cost if you ask people to undertake tasks for you, because you might have had the opportunity to undertake those tasks previously. So for the likes of you, you know how to add a blog post, but you don't always have time to do it. So you might ask your VA to do it. And you're not expecting her to spend 20 hours adding a blog post because mm. you know that you could do it in half an hour. So, so that kind of thing, I do think it's really valuable, even if you're going to be asking someone else to do this kind of stuff, to have a little bit of knowledge around it. I remember somebody once talking to me, I, uh, we were talking about Facebook pixels, which I know is out of a lot of people's comfort zones. and um, and I literally gave her some kind of step by steps to give to her VA to do it for her. And um, and so she went away. She did that. And she came back and she said, is it right that it should have taken seven hours to do? And it was just one of those moments where you just think, crikey, I wish I had said to her, it's only going to take half an hour maximum for, for someone to do this for you. But it all goes back to that idea. You don't know what you don't know. And why would anybody know about stuff like this? No. It's like, you know, the people that I work with, they're wellness coaches or spiritual coaches or life coaches or business coaches. They're not necessarily wanting to get involved in all the technicalities of websites and nor should they need to. But at some point they might get to a stage and say, okay, now I, I feel like I need to understand about this more than I actually do already. Great. Yeah. Really good advice there. And, and so is there anything that you would um, share with our listeners today in terms of are there any top tips or advice that you would share for you know somebody that's either completely new to uh, having a website or or in that yes yeah, so 
So for someone who is completely new, probably the best advice I could give you is um, around domain names. So um, most people know that a domain name is your web address. It's what people type into the browser when they want to actually visit your website. And it's a really small investment. So it's probably going to cost about $10 a year to register a domain name. But it's one of your most valuable assets in your business because people you're going to start building a brand around your domain name you're going to build a website on your domain name your email address is going to be associated with your domain name and over time it's going to become really critical a really well it's going to become a really valuable asset and if you haven't registered your domain name or if you've asked a web designer to register on your behalf or maybe even a spouse then if something happens and that relationship breaks down suddenly you are backed into a corner and you can be held to ransom for that domain name if you don't have it under your control. So right from the outset, I would always recommend people register their own domain names. So I've known marriages break down and um, the estranged spouse literally ask for half the business, half the value of the business because they hold the domain name. So that small investment of $10 is actually it's really it's really critical it can be a pivotal point and can cause huge disruption further down the line once you've started building your brand and building your business around it so and that's not to scare anybody who might have already asked someone else to register on their behalf but if if people listening have asked let's say a web designer to mm. register a domain name on their behalf i would recommend that you start looking at a way to move it across it might cost you about ten dollars to actually do the transfer but make sure that it's in your name and that you have the management of it yourself even if your relationship is really good right now because um it kind of pains me to say this but um the web designers in particular have but they're really notorious in the industry for literally just disappearing off the face of the earth and never resurfacing and i've heard lots of people lots of horror stories of people who have a website and they no longer have access to it because they can't get hold of their web design or their web design has become unresponsive or um, for whatever reason it might be. So it's always just worth having some kind of control over your domain name because if you've got that, even if you lose control of your website, you can just move it across to another platform if you need to. Right. Okay. Oh, great advice. And some things there that I wouldn't even have thought about you know being an implication to, to choosing your website domains so it will make sense yeah. but you don't do you? you don't think about these things until suddenly you're embroiled in some kind of acrimonious conversation or relationship yeah. and suddenly you look back and think with the benefit of hindsight wow I wish I'd just registered it myself yeah and I do have a resource for anybody who's wanting to go through that process that shows them step by step how they can register it's not difficult it's not a difficult process to go through fantastic and is that something that we can share in our show notes from today's podcast yeah, give a link yeah. to it for our listeners. absolutely it's just a blog post so yeah brilliant excellent thank you and and I'm you know as you were talking now I was thinking about the the climate we are in at the moment so we are you know, recording this during the coronavirus lockdown. Um, and and I can imagine there are lots of people who are, you know, who may sadly have either lost their jobs or being furloughed and, you know, having an uncertain future or have, um, you know, whether they're in business already running their own businesses and thinking about maybe, you know, these changes have made them think differently about how they might want to um, work going forward. Maybe they've got face-to-face -face business I know personally um, you know a number of people who are 
therapists as well who their business basically stopped overnight because it is you know face-to-face hands-on contact um and who are all thinking now you know maybe they need to change if they haven't already to do things online so i'm sure there are going to be lots of people in that space physically in that headspace as well thinking about what they might do so who would all I'm sure benefit from hearing not just the piece of advice you've shared there which is really great to take on board um but you know would also benefit from some of the services you provide and as I mentioned earlier on your WordPress happy community Facebook group you share lots of invaluable information freely really generously um and you also run some programs to um sort of walk people through it don't you sort of holding their hand helping them through as well as things that they can do by themselves you know self-study um and blitz it so um is there anything there that you wanted to share specifically in terms of resources people can can look at yes so so i do have a website starter kit which enables people to get up and running for free with their um domain name, their hosting and WordPress, if they're wanting, if they know that WordPress is the platform that they want to use. Um, And I I do have a Rock That website program, which is a self-paced program and um, will walk people through literally a step-by-step process of how to get their website up and running fast on their own. Um, So that's ideal if people are suddenly finding themselves in a position where they're wanting to take their business online or maybe they're just finding that they're at home with a little bit more time on their hands and they want to do something that might be beneficial for their, for their business in the future once they're out of a furlough state or whatever it might be, mm. whatever their personal circumstances are. Um, and on that note, I have seen lots of therapists. I know that this is a really difficult time for lots and lots of people right now because their businesses have changed overnight. But um, at the same time, I'm seeing amazingly inspiring stories of what people are doing in terms of taking their face-to-face businesses online. People who have had to close Pilates studios or have literally had to move away from that face-to-face contact and are having, uh, are really enjoying pre- presenting and, um, and actually seeing through their services online in a way that they would never have thought about working before. It's really pushed them to do something totally different in their business. Um, and 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 it's and it's working yeah so i think in amongst all these stories of you know difficulties and challenges that people are facing there really are some incredibly inspiring stories of what people are actually doing and what people are working on and making work yeah it's great isn't it because it does really bring out the um the best in people sometimes isn't yeah. it but when you're hit with a challenge you know to be able to sort of knuckle down and think okay what can i do here because what i was doing before just can't happen and that's I, I love seeing that and I had exact same experience with a client of mine actually who we were meant to be just starting um you know a new relationship together a new program and um it was meant to be face to face technology really wasn't her thing you know she wanted them in person so um and yet we decided to give it a try for her first one because at the point of it was in that first week of lockdown and um you know, she said afterwards she would never have tried that if she hadn't kind of been forced to. She really wanted the coaching and um, and it also then enabled her to be able to run her team meetings with her, you know, all her team who were suddenly disbanded, working from home remotely, used to being in the same office together. And so it's given her the, the courage and the resources to be able to 
you know keep the team morale going keep business going more to the point as well so um yeah it's great seeing those kind of pivots isn't it well that is the new buzzword isn't it at the moment pivot (laughs) (laughs) but but i do think and it's not in any way belittling the challenges that people are facing because i know they're very very real for a lot of people but i do think in many ways we're going to see a lot of positive stuff come out of this Mm. and um and one of them will be people's willingness to work more from home and um and also in a way i do see this as a kind of massive global reset for the planet and um i know that might sound a little bit woo woo but i do genuinely look at this and think wow pollution levels are right down and this morning i read an article from a plant charity who was saying that um the hedgerows are just thriving right now the wildflowers are going to really really benefit from the fact that you know council mowing um budgets have been shifted across to like more essential things like bin collection and stuff and so they're not mowing the verges anymore which means that the wildflowers are flourishing and they don't have the same levels of nitrogen because the traffic has diminished and yeah so so we are going to see the planet thrive in a way that we haven't seen it for well maybe even centuries yeah and, no, i completely um, agree so I do think I do think it's going to be so there's going to be so much that changes and mm. I, I can really see a lot of it's going to be positive. And I, I as I say, I do completely agree. And I think it was something that, um, as, as you say, as difficult as it is um, for lots of people in completely different ways, you know, whether you're frontline staff or, um, you know, having to work from home in a way that you've never had to before. Um, I think it was going to happen and it just happens to be that this virus has been the catalyst to it and um and I noticed last night funny enough it's one of those things that you take for granted you don't really think about day to day but I live um, a few miles away from an airport and I as I went to bed last night and I just opened the window a bit further and actually I was looking at the, the lovely full moon that we're having at yeah. the moment and, <laughs> and it just suddenly struck me that I could actually smell um sort of fresh air and yeah the trees and the cut grass around and yet normally even though I wouldn't think about it I know that I would normally smell more sort of fuel from the aircraft yeah Yeah. absolutely and just that it just gave me such a lift last night I just thought wow I can actually smell the air (laughs) it's lovely isn't it And, and you do have to kind of focus on those positives don't you in times like this and really be thankful for the those blessings that we do have yeah yeah absolutely and i think it'll make or break some families we'll see what um what quarantine does for um for a lot of family units yeah <laughs> <laughs> might not work for everybody but i think for some people as well they're going to spend more time with their kids. i'm learning stuff about my kids that you know because you know we even though obviously we have them home during the school holidays all the time um they're often play dates or they're often you know on the sports pitch or whatever it might be we're racing around a lot more so I'm having you know I'm seeing them at a slower pace of life in a way that I've never really witnessed that before and um and so I think for many people it's going to open their eyes to to different things about the people that they live with as well whether that's you know elderly relatives you know people must people have um you know other generations living with them not just kids Mm. um I think we'll learn a lot about each other as well. I do. And ourselves. And which, ourselves. Yeah. A topic for another conversation, probably, because that could go on <laughs> for hours. But yeah, yeah I think it's very nice yeah. times that we can really learn, as I say, a lot from. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, and on that note, it's been really great talking to Vicky and learning so much about your journey and how you help so many people to uh, really take control and empower themselves through through the technology that we have available today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. It's been really nice to speak to you. Excellent. Real pleasure here too. And um, all of the um, offers and resources that we refer to during this conversation, they'll all be in the show notes. Um, so there'll be links to Vicky's website and um, those resources as I mentioned. So thank you so much. And uh, take care and we'll see you again soon, no doubt. Lovely. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. Bye. Bye.